Thanks for turning up, sis. You're very welcome. I'm very excited about, about this. Yeah, I'm really sorry. I hope you're taking this as seriously as I, I am. am. I actually stopped to get you some sour cream and chilli lentil curls from M&S. Oh, you are good. Yeah, they're your favourite, I, I thought. Do, I do really like those. Um, so, welcome to Desert Island Crisps. We are Ruth and Natasha, we are twins, um, and we're basically obsessed with crisps and um, wanted to start this podcast. We are hoping to combine deliciously interesting conversation with deliciously crispy snacks. Wow, that was poetic. Yeah, that was planned, that one. So there's no better person to start the podcast than our first guest. Indeed, um, we're very excited. Really to have excited because she's so jokes and fun and interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, our first guest is Alice Skinner. Mm-hmm. She's an illustrator and an activist, and also an old friend of ours. Uh, she does political illustrations, satirical illustrations. You can find it all on her Instagram. The handle is this is Alice Skinner. She's also a co-founder of the Pink Pink the Pink Pink the, the Pink Protest. Um, co-founder with Grace Campbell and Scarlett Curtis which is a platform to promote the work of different activists so she's an all-round inspiring woman she is and we can't wait to see what crisps she brings for us to eat yeah let's get to it episode one there's Arlen crisps let's go I realized the other day that on we used to buy crisps on the way to school yeah that's so fucking when disgusting 8am when, when my mum and dad split up and I used to go and stay at my dad's he used to just buy me a packet of crisps for breakfast in the mornings. And like a fizzy what drink. crisps are they? Probably these selection right here. Actually, Walkers as well, because I remember I was sitting at like 7.30 in the morning going <laughs> to school. And it was when they had the £20 notes in the crisps. Do you remember them? Yeah, win them, In yeah. the little blue bag. And I was obviously like a very sleepy child and just started chewing on the packet and spat it out and it was a £20 note. Oh my God, you won a £20 won note a in the walkers. And then I won it again but it was a £5 note. <laughs> That's amazing. I know. So you've got three crisps here. We won't we won't give away all of them, but I, I guess we should kick this off with a crisp. Why don't you tell us your first choice? Um, first as in least favourite or first as in? Uh, let's save the best, best for last. Right. So I guess, yeah, your least favourite out of the three. We've got a humble bag of quavers here. Light curly potato snack, 55p, bargain. We have actually just discovered that these are in fact off. Okay. <laughs> they went off mm, two months ago, but we Oh, two months? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but hey-ho, we're going to crack them open and we have a bag. We live the edge here. We do. You crack them open. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we'll all, we'll all have one. Should we have I a really smell? I really hate people that... No, I can't... Open. Who smells crisps before they have a bag? <laughs> Well, it smells cheesy. I've done it now. I really hate people that like split open. The so bag do I. I don't want to share. Especially with you. if you've bought it and someone yeah. else opens it at the, the pub. Audacity. You come over with a couple of bags that are usually solely for me, <laughs> and they split it open, put it in the middle, and they're gone in twenty seconds. Have you grabbed one? No. It's quite frankly rude. Are you ready? Right, let's let's go. Right. Go. <laughs> Flavor's still there. Still an excellent crisp. Mm. It's slightly stale. They're delicious though. The Mm. flavour is... mm. I'm transported back to packed school lunch days. Yeah, absolutely. So walk down memory lane. Do you feel like you can eat these as an adult in public um, without being embarrassed? Oh, there's no shame in my game. I (laughs) want to crack open them. Me too. (laughs) They also now make a bigger bag of these. Mm. But I think it's meant to be a like 
like a party size. A but I buy. <laughs> but I buy. <laughs> yes, a sharing bag. But I do eat them all to myself. You have a book, a new book out. We've got here a copy of it, the Revolution Handbook. Yeah. What was the inspiration behind this? Was was it something you were approached about, or was it? an idea that you went to publishers with? Well, I'd worked on another book last year with Sue Turton, who is a Channel 4 news correspondent, and I illustrated that book with her. So got in there with Ren and Rook, who are my publishers, and they sort of had this idea, but they didn't know who they wanted to do it. So they approached me about it. Um, and for people who don't know and haven't seen it, what what would you describe the book as? They Their class is like interactive journals. So... There's lots of like activities and stuff for the user or reader to fill in. I think what's great about your book, and for people that don't have it, it's almost like a manual, a fill-in-yourself sort of yeah. handbook for activists, um, probably uh, targeting a young audience. Yeah. What we've been seeing at the moment with um, kids from a high school in Florida Amazing. coming out and making a huge change yeah. and having a massive impact on gun reform. Gen this kind Z. of book is brilliant for yeah. letting people vent their frustration in a way that doesn't feel sort of boringly political. Yeah, and it's also just good, it's meant to be a space to like organise your thoughts because sometimes it's like, yeah, what is really pissing me off? Or what are the things I most I care about most? Because that's what I have to do within like my own life and my own politics to be like, well, I can't focus on everything. Mm -hmm. So, what are the what are the things I can actually make like real change in? Yeah, and what and what to prioritize? And yeah, where, where where your role is yeah. within that? What age were you, or were you and your friends when like feminism became something you were conscious of, or a movement you wanted to be part of? Mm, I think it's so weird because I was very clearly always a feminist, like mm -hmm. pretty much raised by women and the way I lived my life in like school was like, do whatever the boys are doing, like it never held me back. But uh, yeah, probably like my second year of university when I started going to like gender studies classes and just becoming like, oh, feminism isn't a dirty word. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll happily claim that. And people still now try to like spit it at me like it's an in insult and I'm just like, lol, okay, cool. Yeah. Like I'll happily claim it. And I think I just had this moment of being like, oh, like all of my anger and all of my views on stuff, I could start putting it into my work. <laughs> it was like, oh my God, I'd never even thought about this. Um, yeah, and then just sort of have never turned back since then. And for people that have not um, followed you on Instagram or haven't seen this book yet, it's very current. <clears throat> So, you, like, I always find it yeah. uh, cool that you turn things around so quickly. Yeah, so I have to move fast. The news of the day, because obviously current political climate, things are changing so rapidly. Yeah, it's like newspapers are sort of irrelevant now because mm -hmm. people, the stuff that's being printed, people are like, oh my God, I read about that 12 hours ago. Yeah. So I have to move fast. And <clears throat> it is amazing, isn't it? Social media is like 10 steps ahead of yeah, yeah. mainstream media. If something's breaking, it's like straight to Twitter mm -hmm. is where you'll see it popping off. When you're when you're watching the news, or when you're you know something's happening, there's a development, and you're following online, are you thinking about how can I make this yeah, a piece 100%. of art? Like instantly. Sometimes like, I'll get messages from like followers being like, "Oh, I saw this break, and I was waiting for your response." Mm. So it's like a weird sort of thing now, where it's like, especially if it's something to do like women's issues or like something like racial or an unjust thing, it's like. 
people expect me to like now respond to that's it. amazing do you feel any kind of pressure yes do you yeah like there's some I, and there, it's another reason why like i wanted to like quit working like jobs that weren't freelance because something will happen and i'll be at work and then i'll be tired and i'll have this idea and then it's two days later when i can sit down to do it and it's like it's irrelevant now mm. like don't even need to do this anymore. I think we should have another crisp, don't you? Yes, let's. So, Alice, please tell us what is your second choice? Another cheesy option. Oh, they're all cheesy. Oh, God, I've given away the game. <laughs> um, this is for when I'm feeling bougie. These are kettle chips, mature cheddar, and red onion. Crack them open, yeah. Straight in. These are a real adult crisp. They are. You know, I have a glass of... Glass white of red. wine. Mm, white. Mm, controversial. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, kettle chips make you feel. Sophista fuck. <laughs> <laughs> can, we, can we swear? Yeah, you hold it in. Yeah, I think so. I mean, no rules. No rules. This podcast comes with a yeah. content warning. No, mm. oh, delicious. I don't even like cheese and onion crisps. They're crisp. so good. They're amazing. They're so crunchy. They feel expensive. Mm. In it's because they thick. If you have a Walker's, the Walker's crisps are so flimsy. Mm. It's Sometimes you'll pull a kettle chip out and it's like the size of your face. <laughs> yeah. That does not happen with a Walker's. I love them when they're like all folded into each other. It's a really good crunch. It's a really, really good flavour. Ruth wrote on our Desert Island Crisps Instagram a caption for this saying, they make you feel as mature as the cheddar, oh, which girl. is a great line. Thank right, you. I could have said it myself, but thanks anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to big it up for you. Thank the, you. The, the problem with doing this podcast is we you don't get to finish the bag. So oh. out the corner of my eye as we're eating these kettle chips, I can still see the quavers. Would you like them? I might. I've honestly forgotten about the quavers now that the yeah. chips are in I mean... There's no question. I would put kettle chips over quavers every day of the week. That was one of the best things about living in America. Just a choice of kettle chips. Really? And they do all sorts of mad flavours, don't they? Mad. I did... There was one night... Probably shouldn't say this. One night that I went out drinking and I have no recollection of coming home, but I woke <sighs> up and... I had not even opened this packet of kettle chips in a normal way. They had been like <laughs> shredded open. And they were Korean barbecue flavour. Oh, and I was just naked covered in Korean barbecue crisps. I want to see an illustration yeah. of that. I think you you once got home at about 2am. Ruth, I'm talking to Ruth now. Um, and ate a whole bag of these. Yeah. A big eat, a sort of party share a bag of those, and then the next morning woke up and found the bag in your knicker drawer. Yeah. <laughs> True story. Um, I'm no, not ashamed. That's a sign. And they're delicious. Well, as much as we love crisps, we're quite narrow-minded. And I think there's a lot out there we right. haven't tried. Like, for example, neither me or Ruth will put a roast chicken walker in our mouths. See, when my mum used to get the six-packs of Walker's yeah. crisps, for my packed lunches, it would go barbecue. First. You were having the best day if okay. you opened it and there was the barbecue. <laughs> second, roast chicken. Second? Second. And sorry, was prawn cocktail in that? Yeah. One? So you, what about the, what's the purple bag? Worcester sauce. Oh, Worcester sauce, they're the delicious. Worst. No, I love those. Yeah, 10 out of 10. You I can still them. get those in the co-op, everybody. I loved this um, is not sponsored by the co-op, <laughs> but co-op, if you would like to sponsor us, we are, we are here. get in touch. Get in touch. Um, delicious choice of bag. Thank you. Really approving of those. We won't talk about your third one yet because I'm still sort of in disbelief that it's here. Speaking of Instagram and social media, what role do you think 
that has played in your career. Oh, um, I'd have no career without Instagram. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think your career would look like and would have looked like up until no, now, pre-internet? I'm so thankful for so many reasons, but to have been like born in this time. All of my biggest jobs, all of my work, just comes through Instagram. I can't think of anything really that hasn't. Which I guess artists who were around, you know, even as soon as ten years ago, twenty years ago would find that like mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. That you could get so much work and be so successful in a way, um, just through yeah, it's what you're doing online. And like there's so many bad things about like being a millennial and mm-hmm. just like growing up in the age of screens and stuff. But I think we also have to be appreciative of the positive things. And definitely this has been like a really positive thing for me. But then there are days when I'm just like getting trolled and getting loads of like hate messages from Do people. you? Is that something that you experience? Oh, I had like three days of absolute madness last summer when the Women's March posted a piece of mine. Um, I gained like 7,000 haters and 7,000 or 700 um, followers in like the space of 24 hours. So there was loads of really positive things that came yeah. out of it. But then I was getting people being like, you need to die, uh, you should be able to recreate. Um, and I guess that is a bad, one bad side of yeah. having your career online is that you are going to get those keyboard warriors who exactly. and are I'm just there to troll, especially when you're making a political point. And some people I don't even think are there to troll. Like they, I'm very opinionated and I'm from a very specific point of view. And if you're from the opposite point of view, then we're just going to clash. And I honestly don't even think some of them are trolling me. They're just so offended by me thinking like this. Mm. Um, But yeah, I'm trying now to not let it get to me. But when it was like three days of just like constant crap. Yeah, it's it's incredibly difficult, I think. And and something that people across the board now face in various industries, Mm. MPs, female MPs. Oh, God, it's awful. Artists and singers and it's... You know, it's it's terrible. Yeah, for ages I was very conscious, like, to not have my face on my Instagram, mm-hmm. and um, which had funny consequences because I'd get messages from people going, "You black women hate all white women," and I'm like, "Bro, I'm white." <laughs> like, seriously, but because of the book and like doing all publicity, I've had to start putting like me myself out there, and it was something I really had to think about because it's scary mm-hmm. and it's like all the good stuff that can come with being online and all of this, there's so much bad stuff as well. And yeah, you just have to look at what happens to women MPs, women journalists. You do illustrations of, um, or you have done, of Trump and of Boris Johnson, where you're slightly mimicking them and their appearance and everything else, but actually the political message underlying it is much more serious. I always believe if you don't laugh, you'll cry. And Mm -hmm. like satire is an amazing tool that we have right now. And I think it's very interesting that like some of the people, the main people that I turn to for uh, like political commentary right now are comedians. And that is something that's happening. We're turning to comedians to, to listen about the state of the world. And because it's so bad, we need comedic relief. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think, you know, late night talk show hosts in the States are doing a really Mm. good job at like deconstructing Trump's administration, almost better than some of the papers are and some of the journalists are. Oh, for sure. And I think actually artists in in many forms now are are making their work a lot more political, like Stormzy at the Brits Mm. calling out Theresa May um, for Grenfell and the Daily Mail. Like, do you think 
do you think that kind of form of protest, you know, protest music, protest art is sort of coming back, I guess? Yeah, it's coming back, but also, I was saying this to my dad the other day, I was like, is Stormzy like our version of punk? Mm. And that's what it feels like. It's just in just in a very, it's wrapped up in a very different way. This is the same thing throughout history, like in times of distress and just like political uproar like now, the need for like art and music it becomes greater and greater. Should we have a crisp? Yes, let's go on to our last crisp, um, which I can't say I'm excited about, but you seem to be. <laughs> so why don't you tell us what your your ultimate Desert Island crisp is? Controversially, the humble What's It. <laughs> okay, I don't even know if I can put one of these. Have did, a sniff. Did What's It no. used to be called Cheesy What's It? No, that was just a family thing. Honestly, they <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just in our house. They barely smell of anything. Maybe I'm not going to touch them. I'm going to chuck the packet down my throat. As they're in... smaller than I remember. Oh, they're just as good. Oh, they. I'm going to do this if anyone doesn't mind. Ruth's pouring them down her throat. There is a sort of no. There's not a crunch. No. There's it's a, a melt. A melt. It's a melty sort of crisp. There's I no do, crisp. I do feel like they did get kind of overshadowed when Cheetos became a thing. Oh, you can't buy Cheetos here, though. Oh, you can't? No, I think they're only in the States, Cheetos. They're just as good. They do have this sort of horrible artificial powder that just makes you feel like... I know I didn't, I didn't like Cheetos. Well, ooh. <laughs> You maybe shouldn't have poured them all down your throat. Well, they make this like thick gloop, like, which like sticks your teeth together. Yes, and you have to pick it out with mm. fingers. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, these aren't the sexiest of crisps to eat. They're, they're not. not the sexiest, but they're very, very tasty. So, as well as your illustrations, you are also a co-founder of the Pink Protest. I am. Which is a what well, a network of sort of activists or a platform to promote the work yeah. of young women and girls who are. Yeah, it's just, it, it basically is a platform where we can highlight these young women, mainly like activists that are just doing incredible things in the world. And you guys coordinated the free periods, march and demonstration to get free sanitary products for young women on free school meals. Yeah. And that kind of stuff's amazing. Yeah, it was, uh, so I, I do more of like the illustration and art type part of it yep. and um, it's my friends Grace Campbell and Scarlett Curtis who are incredible and they inspire and I think we should get in the podcast we oh, should we should get should them in definitely, definitely come on the podcast but yeah they they organized this whole protest on parliament and the craziest thing is is that it's actually working and it was Amica George who set up this free periods campaign mm-hmm. uh, who is she's 16 she's, isn't she she was 16 15 when she thought it up Amazing. which is absolutely to think of what I was doing when I was thinking <laughs> is just shameful. Um, but yeah, it's been spoken about in Parliament now and this might be happening and it really is inspiring to think that, oh God, we can make change happen. Yeah, this is what happened when young women come together and yeah. they don't give up on these campaigns. Um, we were very inspired by that protest and by all the work the Pink Protest and people like you are doing. Um, and thank you very much for coming in and speaking to us about art and activism. Uh, and of course your desert island crisps. It's been an absolute pleasure.